0: Hey, this is Max, and this is The Uncommon Truth, a podcast in search of the church the way Jesus meant it to be. This week on the podcast, you're in for a barn burner. I'm joined by Steve Orsillo, a regular guest. He's a senior pastor at the Father's House Church, and we're going to be talking about authority. Now, if your skin starts to crawl at the idea of somebody else telling you what to do, then I think you're going to like this episode. You're also going to find it a little bit challenging, but that's what we're all about here at The Uncommon Truth. The reason for that is because we like to talk about a lot of things that don't often get talked about in Christianity, uh, even though they get talked a lot about in the Bible. So we're going to be talking about what it means to follow biblical authority and kind of how that looks even today in our North American Christian lives. You're going to want to stick around for the end of the show. I'm going to tell you somewhere in our conversation with Steve how you can get ten dollars off your registration for the Jesus Man Conference coming up here March twenty fourth through twenty sixth, and at the end of the episode, I'm also going to tell you about how you can get connected with the podcast. Send me an email, or just get uh, give me some feedback on what you think about the show. So stick around for that. And now let's get into the Uncommon Truth with Steve. Glad you're with us. All right. Well, welcome back to the Uncommon Truth, Steve. We have not been canceled by the coronavirus. We have not. and uh, I, Nor
1: are we canceling church.
0: I assumed that's what you would say. Yep. I, I'm bringing that up because uh, just this morning, as I was um, just reading, and uh, this afternoon, as I was eating lunch. I always check like sports scores or stories right. or what's going on. March is my favorite time of year for sports because I love baseball and I've always been into like college basketball starting mm. March Madness. And it's, like, canceled, canceled, canceled. All the sports. Mm. All, you know.
1: Aren't they playing the games with no fans?
0: No, no. Now they're uh, – so this is just, like, breaking news. It, it'll be sort of old news by the time people are listening to this. But uh, NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball – They're canceled. They're just not playing the games. And they might they might play them later and make probably them up. Probably not. That's what I'm thinking. They yeah. probably won't. But um, Too I much
1: guess, headache. Too much – too much but organizational also, headache to also play with me later.
0: Money money lost if you go down that route if you don't play the games. Yeah. But um, I was laughing because so we're sitting we sit in front of these microphones, right? And the guy who the guy who was the first person for the Utah Jazz, his name is Rudy Gobert. Yep. He uh, he was making real light of this situation about four Ooh. days ago. Tested positive. And, and so he uh, all these they, they said, okay. It's journalists you're not supposed to be really close to these guys we want to keep people separated so you go set up your microphones and then you have to stand 10 feet away and so rudy gobert uh who plays for the jazz he was mocking them and so right b- he conducts his interview and then he goes and touches everybody's microphone and waves goodbye and he's the one that contracted That's contracted bizarre, the virus that so is bizarre. Uh, twitter's kind of blowing up about that and i don't know i'm just uh I, I guess you don't realize how much well for me i'm I'm like super into sports and the idea of there's not there's not going to be a hockey game tonight, there's not going to be a basketball game tonight <laughs> there's not going to be a baseball game today or tomorrow, and uh it's like man, I guess I'm going to uh catch up on my podcasts, I'm going to uh catch up on my homework, all that stuff right yeah,
1: I'm not sure why there is such a reaction to the coronavirus. I was asking. I'm baffled by it because I just went and looked at all these graphs of percentages, you know, and like hepatitis is, is presently today killing way more people, Mm. way more people die of the normal flu. Um, I mean like 80,000 people a year die of the flu and 3000 people worldwide had died when this graph was made. Yeah. And this was only yesterday, I think, but there's so little uh, amount of numbers compared to normal. Mm. And there's such a huge reaction like these major sports and the the shutting down of countries traveling here. And I don't really get it. So I know there's something we don't know. And I wondered if it wasn't uh, the fact that the coronavirus, you're a carrier without symptoms. yeah, And so people movement... Uh, would would stop the spread because it's an unforeseen, unseen spread yeah. because someone is two weeks and could touch so many people uh, unbeknownst to them, like yeah. like Rudy Gobert did. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it must be something like that because I just can't see with a, if it was a conspiracy, if it was to try to make the masses afraid or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what it could possibly be. Then you would think uh, there would be whistleblowers everywhere yeah you know yeah. uh it, it's banana boats how fast and how big they've reacted um meaning well sp- states sports yeah. countries you know um and it's it's not it's weird that this is going on with so little numbers
0: yeah now the other thing i was thinking about is nowadays with um you make one if you're if you're a, um, you know a celebrity or a public official or you you're well known you make one misstep in public now and you've got a mob Mops. on twitter right hate you just hate and just and you you can be ruined forever and i wonder if if everybody's so sensitive to that it's like i don't want to be i don't want to be the person that you know says one thing wrong or uh does one misdeed that can be right you know seen later through 2024 uh, like hindsight right rudy gobert's
1: stuff. joke is a perfect example
0: exactly yeah yeah he's gonna that's gonna be the thing he's known about not not that he's like an all-defensive team center or any he's the guy who didn't take coronavirus seriously and infected all these he now is uh his teammates infected too and and people are coming out saying he was just joking about it and he was he would uh walk around and touch the other players in the locker room and now it's all coming out, and I bet he's just doing a face palm right now. While he's he's gonna be fine. He's a he's an athlete. He's he's in great health. But wow, um, yeah, I I'm with you. I'm I'm kind of wondering why it's such a huge crazy deal, but that's not not what we're here to talk about. So when I was brainstorming what we were gonna talk about, I I thought back to your sermon this past Sunday, and um, and it seems to be really. I guess it's really pertinent right now. So we've got our Jesus man conference coming up in a couple weeks and we've also got like, we've got, I don't know. It, it just seems like a lot of things are coming together. And I felt like this is something, this topic of authority would be one that it would be great to cover on the podcast. And yeah, specifically what is, what is authority? Why, like why are we having a hard time with it in the North American church? Really? In general, humans in general, and right. um, and with the men's conference coming up, like men have a hard time with it too. So, um, especially being told what to do, right? Yeah. So, today's
1: world is anti-authority. I mean, it's one huh? It is an it is really an affliction of the whole world, not Christianity or not any one. One element, uh, nothing is respected. The schools have no authority mm. uh, to exercise. the government is hated. Anyone who tries to tell anyone is attacked. The police officers are attacked. the teachers are attacked and and whoever doesn't doesn't surrender and back down. they use all kinds of inflammatory rules to try to tear authority down. Mm. and i I think that uh, the the real sad thing is there is no there is no place on earth there is no hiding place from authority you tear down this authority you are establishing a different one Hmm. there's always authority in your
0: life so what do you when you say authority what do you mean
1: well in in there's there's rule of law you know the authorities uh the people we give control to Mm -hmm. to be able to shape us turn us pull us push us and, and it's, it's more like a funnel into like, a, like into a kennel or a, into a, a corral where it starts out wide and it gets narrower as you go to where everybody gets in the same corral. And it really makes a uniform society. So it doesn't you might not have a uniform society in everywhere, but you have a peer group and there's authority within that peer group. There's, there's your own authority. Like you rule you're, you're your own master. Hmm. And so you exercise authority in your own life. And I looked it up, the biblical word, the Greek word used in Matthew. Um, I looked it up, you know, and um, was shocked. I, a couple of years ago, I looked it up and was stunned. It was to knock, like to knock something, to like to hit it sharply and move it. Hmm. It is. And, and it's to uh, um, uh,
0: like press push, firmly push it, yeah.
1: to put pressure firmly. On something to try to move it in a direction. I was shocked that that's when Jesus said all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, my father, and I give to who I choose. Uh, Or Paul, the apostle talks about Jesus, all authority, you know, Mm -hmm. is come. Jesus is the one that gives all authority. I'm like, um, wow, that what he's talking about is the ability to move you into a place that is good for you. You know, if you understand God's heart, now the the American government or the Canadian government or any other government, we're all suspicious. They're not trying to move us in a good direction, but they claim that's their reason to bring the whole country into a direction that's better for everyone. And most of us don't trust that very well. But if we go back to Jesus and the word authority, We, if you're a believer and you trust in God, you believe that he's trying to do for good. Mm -hmm. All things work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose, because those who love him and are called and follow that calling are being moved and pressed into a corral or a pasture. Where the grass is greener, we are fed, we are watered, we are taken care of. Where things go better for us, mm. where life is more understood, more understandable, more more explainable, where life is good, and we can see that bad things happen to everyone, and bad things don't have to take us down, and we we can be corralled, we can be pressed, we can firmly be firmly pressed, and the the I think Jesus is most. Common example about what he is building in his believers is a sheep pen, okay. sheepfold, the my sheep know my voice. And it's so interesting because the contemporary first century shepherd carried a stick both to protect the sheep and to correct the sheep. Yeah. He led them and they stayed with him and he taught them from when they're born to love him, to follow him, to hear his voice. He almost all of them taught their sheep a call, and so when mm. Jesus says, "My sheep know my voice, and they hear, me, they follow me," that was a very that was as yeah, that was as understood uh, that. as understood as it takes tires to make a car move. I mean, they all understood it was that logical to them what he said. Mm. Oh, that makes sense. When the shepherd calls the sheep, do what he says. They go where he's going. They they follow him, and if they don't, he corrects them. He makes sure they go. And what's his motive? Greener grass, yeah, safety, and safety, food, yeah. uh, food, water, prosperity, and so. Authority, um, I, I have always had a problem with authority. First half of my life, and I have always been in authority. People have actually described me as walking in authority, and I know that authority is an anointing, an element from God. I also know you can get it by being elected. You can get it by just being promoted on a job. You can get it by an application to a job. Or you can just try to take it from people around you by bullying them. There's many ways to receive authority. But here at the Christian church, what we really need is the anointing of God's authority. It says he gives to who he chooses. And we need to understand he's choosing some. He calls some to be the head Mm -hmm. and some... be the workers and some to do this and some to do that. And, and it is a structure. And if your leader is a good leader, he is pressuring you. He is pressing you. I hate it if somebody comes here and does not admit that the messages challenge them, press them, push them, you know, almost pry you almost knock you into thinking right into moving right into into better better ways of living and better ways of believing better way to understand Jesus and not be confused mm-hmm. when i was young i had a i had a tool a sledgehammer it was a big old beast like like a 12 pounder and we i think we used it daily and we had it and we painted it and we we named it we named this sledgehammer Lottie (laughs) Kaladi and we say get Lottie out of the truck it's time for Lottie we'd put a beam up by hand see in those days we did it on our shoulders with our arms we'd all be pushing it up and we'd get it in place but it'd be off an inch and now it's up in the air you can't move it you got no strength to move this massive beam that you put up there by hand get Lottie and the old Lottie would smack that beam (laughs) and move it into place a lot of times we stand walls and man they're heavy well Sometimes there's a lot of things in the way, but you just get Lottie and you hit it with Lottie and that thing goes in the right place. And it's cool because we, we put our walls on bolts and it's up on these bolts and everybody's in a strain. You get Lottie and Lottie hits that wall, moves it a half an inch and it just plops right down. It, yeah. I mean, it is this, the sound of in place, the sound of it all is right and well, because this wall is now where it belongs. Boom! It's going to do exactly what it was designed and built to do. So my idea of authority is not hitting people. It's, it's challenging. It's actually, in some cases, pushing. Mm-hmm. Out here in the Father's House, we have a lot of people who lost their way. When you hear their stories, they didn't just lose their way. We have a whole lot of people who are just, I mean, they, 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 they got, they got s- collodied out of good. Yeah. They got smacked down. They got tore up. I'd say shredded. They don't know what to do. One of the revelations of my life is that they don't know what to do. Hmm. And I came along and offered them advice, and most of them didn't listen to me. And their life stayed shredded. It's, it's almost impossible to describe the misery of their life. and all, But a few did listen to me, and they can say today their life is the best it's ever been. Because we smacked it with Lottie, we pried it with the bar, we pushed and put pressure firmly on them to go the right way. They yielded, they yielded, they yielded, they struggled, they yielded, they struggled, they they resisted, they struggled, but we kept the pressure on, go the right, thing, way, something, something the right way, do the right thing. Every day it's something new. But I used to be pretty judgmental and think, do it yourself, man, I'll tell you what to do, go do it. And they just, they aren't equipped for that. That's an impossibility for 99% of them. Hmm. But if I can keep my hands on them, press them, push them, let authority, let the rules of the house, let the the leaders of the house live an example that says, yeah, we're all going this way. And you said you wanted my help, so I'm pushing you this way. And in the end, they all say, I mean, then they really all do. Everyone that stays with us says the same thing. Man, my life, I can't believe this life is even possible Mm -hmm. for me. And so that's you really see that authority sometimes they they tell you what they want. They don't know how to get there. They decide they know a better way to get there. And, you know, that way won't work. And what authority does is says, nah, we can't do that. You can do that if you want, but not here. You, to be yeah. here, you got to do it this way. And you pressure, 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 and you be willing not to bend and you'd be willing to stand up. It, really what it is most definitely is fathering. Any father that lets his kid run into the street, he's not loving his kids. Right. He's abdicating authority. He needs to establish his authority with his kids so that when he speaks, don't go in the street. They don't go in the street. It's dangerous out there. Mm-hmm. Don't touch that it'll burn you. They learn to listen to him. That if I speak strongly, you will not burn your hand. You won't get hit by a car. You won't get lost. Yeah. We you know, there are many things in this world we can't protect you from. Viruses. Yeah. But there are Many things we can protect you from, and authority will get you going in that right way. Yeah. People who are well-fathered, people who are well-mothered, parented, they certainly have an advantage because as a small child, they learned to allow authority to steer them. Those that didn't have loving parents, they have never had that. It's, that's what we're dealing with out here in the church is it is so hard to get them to go with you. Just come yeah. with me.
0: A lot of the times, isn't it like, well, I can logically see what you're talking about, but even just the act of, well, that's your idea. I'm not going to do your idea. Isn't that like, I can identify with that. Isn't that where a lot of people, I mean, even in the in the church in general, the, the whole North American church, I, I would see that a lot where it's like, yeah, okay, but I'm still going to do my own thing. Even if what you said makes sense. Yeah. Why is that?
1: Well, fear because they have almost everyone has chosen to go with authority Uh, at some point in their life. Very few people have 100% decided not to. Mm -hmm. And most of those that have tried it once have had it go bad, have been mistreated, taken advantage of. We live in a selfish driven world and people do take advantage and they take, they, they, and so the guy you're trying he, he can see that but he just he, his his the the word trust issue he can't overcome his trust issue. So now we need to go through a whole prayer ministry healing process through prayer ministry of dealing with trust issues. I am not those men. I am sorry they did that to you. Mm. I won't do that to you, but I also won't allow you to lead yourself. I'm going to push you and prod you and knock you and you know yeah. pull on you and get you where you need to be to accomplish the dream you told me you wanted I'm helping you become the best you and yeah. um, one who can be trusted one who can be honored one who can be who can you can give love to and see it returned and it's just a, a amazing process when it works yeah. when it works it's just overwhelmingly successful and then you release them to be nobody raises a child to stay a child you raise a child in hopes one day that they will be a parent and they will emulate and imitate what you did and they will be successful too at being a parent so that their children will grow up to be parents yeah and so the real success in any of these philosophies of authority leading guiding uh, telling people what to do, uh, speaking the truth, any of these definitions. It all comes down to, does your fruit reproduce itself? And so I raised my kids to be parents. I raised my kids to be adult lovers of Jesus. And they all are. And they're all in ministry. And they all love giving their life away. Because they saw it in example. And they'll tell you, I, I didn't bend. I mean, mm-hmm. they would not go against me. They, they were afraid of me in one sense. As long as we, if I had my hands out walking at him, you can picture that as long as they kept going in the right way, they were well fed, well taken care of, protected. When they came against me, it usually caused a conflict they that they didn't enjoy. <laughs> and yeah. so they could live a conflict free life with me, but let's just go this way. Mm. And... Um, and as we go and as you get experienced in going, you'll begin to say, well, I like jumping off this rock or I like walking down this trail. And I'm, I no longer control that because now you are good at this and you can start to experiment. You can start to make decisions of your own. Which trail will you go down? They both, they all lead to the same pasture. They all lead to the same green pasture. But if you try to get out of, out of line, then I've got to reach out with a stick and move you back in line Yeah. with the. Using the shepherd and the mm-hmm. shepherd staff yeah. as my example. I certainly, folks, never hit my kids with sticks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just, yeah, no, don't, we, no letters, that. no letters to the church. I, <laughs> I never hit my kids with stick. It was a metaphor.
0: Yeah. So, do you have any stories of, of folks that have been, have come here that have had like a really, a really hard time? Kind of like that beam you were talking about, like just got stuck and then something, something like just sort of, came into place for them
1: well i think you had nick on here not a couple weeks ago and and he told the story of you know he he only told the story of the one time he came here he came Mm -hmm. here before okay and he came here like eight years before that so he's been here 15 years total i mean 15 years ago he came here and he just i mean it was all it was all just smile he learned with a mean stepdad or a, at least a tough stepdad that was difficult, didn't have the kind of love mm-hmm. to go with his discipline. He learned from that guy how to smile and nod, and when the guy turned his back, do his own thing. He learned yeah. that system, and so I sat with him. I'm not going to tell his story, but I sat with him and said, hey, the sun sets in the west, man. You might as well walk off into the sunset, but remember this. If you ever get serious about wanting help, learning how to live this life as a man, learning how to love a woman properly so that instead of de- destroying the woman, like you're doing this girl that he walked off with, and he did. He destroyed. They destroyed each other's lives. I said, come back. I think you're incredibly valuable. I think you are you have a lot to do in this world, and I think, I think you're a wonderful person who just doesn't know it yet. But if you ever get lost, come back. So one day... Years later, like seven years later, he shows up at the front door. Now, in his testimony on your podcast, he said for four months, he really wasn't planning to stay. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Don't care. I'm going to keep I'm going to I'm going to lead the way I lead, tell you to do. And so my leaders and everything were pressing, pressing, pressing. He met Derek. They they built a relationship and he started. Derek started asking him to do some crazy things, sell his car, uh, quit his job um, sacrifice everything for the desire to be the kind of man he wanted to be. He was born to be, well, he had to overcome the step dad distrust. Now I'm not, I don't even know if his stepdad was bad or not. I just know that in Nick's mind, his stepdad was bad, Mm -hmm. uh, bad for him anyway. And he, he had rebelled heavily.
0: Well, and he, he told, uh, he told a story not too long ago in church about how he had, uh, he, he was getting ready to go, after his parents' divorce, he was getting ready to go. Go see for, his, yeah, go he, spend the he summer. He was looking forward to seeing his dad for the summer, right? Yep, he was 12. And uh, and his dad didn't show up, so he went and called his aunt, and right? she Yep. Yeah. And, and she said, no, your, your dad's in prison, right?
1: Yep, and he didn't see him for 12 years.
0: And so he, he said, he, he told me that's the moment he decided yeah I'm just gonna do life on my own,
1: right, right. So there's those kinds of oaths that men take, and we're talking about a twelve year old boy, yeah, and he didn't see his dad till he's twenty four it's a twelve year period now that's his real dad, who we all know right, around right. here has been through l r m also, but we know him, and it's hard you know it's just hard to believe that he wound Nick. He's such a kind and good guy, mm-hmm. but Nick is whole horrendously wounded, and when he comes here, there was a bunch of stuff there was a lot of heart to heart face to face uh, challenges to choose, choose or go home. Look, you get to choose if you want to live this way. You just can't do it here on a Christian, in a Christian ministry. Yeah. And he would, and and Nick sometimes would take a moment and think, and he said, choose, no, I want the right thing. So he would give into the pressure. He'd give into the pressure. Nolan, on the other hand, his father who was on here a couple weeks also, yep. Nolan, his father, He never met his father. I don't know if it was a one-night stand. I don't know if it was a weekend fling with a mother or whatever. But Nolan never met his dad. Didn't know who he was. And his testimony is bleak and just bleak and hateful. He just hated himself. And he came here, and he did four years and never got it. And we pressed. And what he was was a master escape artist. You'd always be looking for Nolan. Our joke around here is, where's Nolan? He, he'd be in front of you one minute and you couldn't find him the next. He was the best hider I've ever seen. He hid from us and was able to spend quite a long time here, fake it a little bit here. And, you know, and he, we pressed and he gave and we turned our back and he'd take ground. So, um, one day I caught him. I mean, he wrecked a truck and we scraped the stuff off the windshield that he had sprayed on the windshield tested. And sure enough, it was heavy drugs. Went to him and said, look, this is proof. How else would drugs be on your windshield? You got in a wreck because you were trying to do drugs while driving, trying to shoot up while driving. He, he denied, 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 got up, wanted to fight me, you know, in my face, screaming at me, but I didn't budge. No, we're going this way. Right. This little woman that I did your wedding to, I did your wedding to this young woman and, and she deserves better than this. And we're going to keep pushing. You're going to go in the right direction. Finally, he confesses, falls down crying, and has a break. I mean, where the, the real Lottie Colottie to Nolan was being caught. He tells a story that that week he sat on the Golden Gate Bridge thinking of jumping off. Hmm. And, and he said had traffic stopped him on the bridge, he might have. But traffic stopped him before the bridge, and he didn't get to. Yeah. And so his story was bleak, and it was that very week that we caught him. I sent him out of town because there was such brokenness over his failure, over his falling. And he went to a friend to do the 12-step program. I went and sent him to a guy's house in Redding for the 12-step program. He called me and decided he's going to give up his marriage. He so hates himself, so broken. And I said, no, that's not what's going to happen. I'm going to come get you or Ron's going to bring you here. And we're we're going to bring you home, son. And it completely rocked his world that I called him son. It rocked his world that after all of this, I was still saying, no, this is your home. Mm. You're coming to be with me. I'm going to walk you through this. I'm going to counsel you in your marriage. I'm going to talk. We we are going to talk about where this trust needs to be. and, uh, And I'm going to be trustworthy. I'm going to keep pressing you with trustfulness. I'm going to keep pressing you with honor and integrity. And you're going to decide. Yeah, you can screw up your marriage and you can go jump off the bridge if you want to. But I'm going to offer you something far greater. I'm going to offer you happy marriage. Yeah. Loving your wife more than yourself. Your wife loving you more than she loves herself. I'm going to offer you something you never dreamed was possible for you. You thought that was for other people. I'm going to offer you self-respect. Looking in the mirror and saying, "Man, How'd I get here? I like this guy. I'm offering you this, but you got to follow me. Not like you did the last four years. You got to follow me. Like I've been telling you to follow me. And Nolan, you know, I Lottie he him right in line. I adjusted him. He fell down on the bolts. He fit. He just started up and it was, yeah. it was a rough go, man. He had to go through LRM for the second time. He had to go through a 12 month program, not living with his wife. No conjugal visits. No, no, no. She, she didn't. She wasn't even sure she would take him back. Yeah. But she had committed to me that we're. I'm, I'm, I'm open to it. If I, if I, meaning her, can get healed of her heart for the betrayal, because you heard her story, someone betrays her. It's tough, and yeah. she, and she worked hard as she's a hero too, and we worked hard on her. We press on her the right direction, you know. He's your husband. He's not your neighbor. He's, your, he's not your friend. He's not your brother. You can't write him off. He's your husband. Mm. He belongs to you. You guys are together. You two have become one. And he's repenting. And he's working hard on his life. And it's amazing. You just keep putting pressure. So they move an inch. You move an inch. They, You get him to budge. You close in. And you just keep the pressure on for them to go in the right direction. And guess what? It does not take long before they're sliding downhill. They're rolling with gravity. They're going in the right direction with inertia. They're going forward. And it's awesome. I We did a, what What do you call it when they redo their wedding vows? A we,
0: rededication. We did a
1: redoing yeah. of the wedding vows on my deck, the one that burnt down. It was mm-hmm. a gorgeous deck. You saw it, didn't you? Yep. I anyway, had trees growing through it, you know, and then when I... I pruned yeah. it up. Nice shade everywhere. It's beautiful. And they redid their wedding vows and there was a standing ovation. There was like our brother has resurrected from the dead cuz we all loved him. We were so shocked that he'd been using heroin that long amongst us. Yeah. And anyway, we he was rescued. Their marriage put back together. They got this little baby. He swore oh, yeah. I will never be a father. One of the things that happened about that time and I missed in this story was he found his real dad on Facebook. Hmm. The guy wrote him and said, I might be your dad. And they wrote and found out. And bef- But before they could get together, he passed away. Wow! But they got to write to each other. And he found out that guy always wanted to know him. Hmm. That guy didn't abandon like, you know, he found out that it wasn't. You know, he was worthless. It was the circumstances of two broken people having a baby. He got to find out a little bit about that. And I remember, you know, it was hard, but he kept going forward in the hard stuff. Lots of good stuff happened. And he learned to trust. He trusts Jacob. He trusts Nick, Derek, uh, Jordy. He trusts me. I mean it's amazing. it's amazing. He is a son to me.
0: And he's uh he's going to be one of the speakers now at the uh, at the men's conference coming he, up here on March 24th through 26th. He
1: is, yeah. And that's, uh you know like
0: I, I didn't I didn't know that Nolan, right? I've just known the uh like when I when I think of Nolan, I think of Teddy Roosevelt walks walks awfully <laughs> but carry a big stick, right? Yeah. that's, that's the same thing like when he he's uh he's a quiet guy but he he's like he's just such a, a deep soul and right. uh, such a good guy and um uh, i guess i have i have you and your sledgehammer to thank for that a little bit
1: uh, yeah and you know it's it's the pressure like it's so easy listen nobody wants to apply pressure like that to someone's life because around our world today it's something looked down upon yeah and yet i i think well people will hate me for doing it to their to people, you know, they'll say, Oh, you're so controlling. I'm not controlling anything. I give, I have every single person has an out, a door out. They have a back door. They can get out. They don't, nobody's here. There's no jail bars. There's no locks. You just, it's all volunteer. You said you wanted this outcome. I will help you get that outcome. And when you do, and everyone trying to go from no trust to trust as an adult. So you can do that as a kid and it's not that hard. As an adult, it's just about darn near impossible mm-hmm. without maximum effort. Yeah. And everybody wants out of the race. Everybody wants to get off. Can you let me off this train? Um, I'm not going to let you off. You're going to have to jump off. Because I made you a promise to get you to that destination. It's what you told me you wanted. Now, just tell me, have you changed your mind? No, I want that. But it's so hard. And I mean, I, if I've heard it a 100 times, I've heard it 1,000 times. But, Steve, it's so hard. Mm-hmm. I, I know, man. I'm really sorry and I'm here with you. Yeah. You need a hug, I'll give you a hug. You need a slug, I'll give you a slug. You need a little lottie kalate adjustment, I'll do that. You just need constant pressure. That's my favorite thing. Just constant pressure. The biggest pressure I have is I try with all of my heart to live the gospel in front of them. If I tell them you gotta be generous, then I want them to know I'm generous. If I tell them you gotta be you gotta be strong, then I wanna be strong. You gotta believe, then I want to believe. I don't want to show a lot of unbelief. I don't want to experience a lot of unbelief. If I'm going to teach them to go in this direction, i got to be going in that direction. Yeah. They, they can only run if I will run. They can only fly if I will fly. And, and it's amazing. I am so pleased with the outcome of the young men and young women that have allowed me to pressure them to go the right way and to help them yeah. find the voice of God, the Holy Spirit speaking to them, my most common words around here, they mock me for it. Why don't we just trust Jesus? Why don't you ask Jesus? Yeah. Unless whatever you hear, you know, if I think it's wrong, I'll tell you. I'll say, I don't know if that was Jesus or not. But mostly, I will say, well, let's find out if that was Jesus or not. Because
0: he's the authority. He is the authority. He
1: is the authority. And you know what? If you're in Jesus, there's pressure on your life. Mm. Anyone out there that's a Christian that has no pressure, they're probably not in Jesus. Yeah. Everything is pressure. It's, it's, it's the world before you. And we are supposed to bring Christianity to the world and help build the kingdom of God here on earth. We are supposed to provide kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, the existence of heaven on earth. And we are supposed to push back the walls, push back the veil. Keep pushing back the fences of the vineyard, widening our tent post, so that we can build the kingdom of heaven. And God, build, you know, God builds it using us. We get to work for Him to build the kingdom of heaven here. Bring heaven here. Let people experience heaven here, so that they know Him and they can experience heaven with Him there. Yeah, does that make sense?
0: It does. Yeah, All right. And so, my question coming out of that is for the for the church around north america and the world uh why do we and maybe you just answered it but why why do we have to get this authority because i don't i don't i guess if i'm looking back to myself a few years ago before i knew any of this before i met you um this sort of stuff would have scared the crap out of me really i know and I'm, i'm sure there are people listening to this like their skin's kind of crawling a little bit because I'm sure it's super, are. super uncomfortable. But why do mm. they need to get it? Why do they need to understand that you actually have to follow somebody?
1: Well, from the beginning of time, you know, Adam and Eve, God told them what he wanted and they were deceived out of it. And how were they deceived? They were offered a shiny bauble, something better. And had there been somebody, had one of them said, no, we need to do what God says, they wouldn't have listened to the devil when you look at devil when you look at Jesus being tempted by that same serpent that same devil he doesn't answer the same no man does not live by bread alone you, you know i already have the authority you can yeah. you know uh i won't so i won't bow to you and Jesus puts pressure on us by those answers now we feel we need to resist like that we need to not be dazzled by shiny baubles and really everything you know you can know you can have a knowledge of good and evil and be like god oh it was a lie but nonetheless uh it was only a partial lie because the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil really has caused us to know a lot of knowledge yep, and experience a lot of evil and good and so i believe jesus came and called 12 men watch the way he talks to them How long must I put up with you? Don't you know this? Doesn't nature even teach you that? Get behind me, Satan. He says the religious leaders, he calls them broods of vipers and whitewashed sepulchers, throws over their tables and chases them with a whip. Calls them snakes, blind guides. And his disciples, he pushes, get behind me, Satan. Yeah. One of you is a betrayer. And he he really does push them constantly towards truth because in their life, somebody has used the very same scriptures to deceive them. And he says, haven't you read these things? You can hear the tone in his writing. How could you believe that when this says this? What did you think? What did you think God was like? Did you not pay attention to what he said? Mm -hmm. And there's this pressure, constant pushing pressure. The kingdom of heaven, which is what we're building, what we're trying to create is an experience with the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is like a buried treasure that when a man found it, who searched for it all of his life, he sold everything to obtain it. Now, if you don't get the pressure of that, then you're ignoring it. And if you do read it, it's like, oh my gosh, everything? I'm not sure I'm up to that task. Yeah. But let's just go ahead and do the next right thing. Let's see if we can go forward. And pretty soon you have given everything to possess it. You have given everything to live in it and to own it and to have it. It's given to you because you wanted it so bad. You were willing to give up everything else. The kingdom of heaven is like all these different things and we don't pay attention. But he, Jesus was very much pressuring in all of the parables he said to us, I'll gather the sheep and the goats. I'll say, I was hungry and you fed me. Or to this one, I was hungry, you fed me not. And they're pressured, like, what? When? Yeah. When you didn't do it to the least of these, my brethren. Oh. Pressure, pull, push, lift, you know, knock, press firmly to get you going in the right direction. Well, he pressed me firmly. I mean, he pressed me firmly. I fell on my knees in, in repentance when when the Lord touched me like... How do you ignore this incredible parable about the sheeps and the goats? There are people all around you. I even told you, give to any man that asks, and you ignored that. You said you can't do that. Well, try it. And I tried it. I did it for 30 years or so before I failed at it, and I try still to do it. I'm pretty sure I've done it every year, every time since, but uh, I got mad when I went back, when my business failed. and Yeah. I had a little rebellious streak, and I remember falling. It was at a, a mall in in wherever Stanford is, uh, Palo Alto. Yeah, and I was in Palo Alto at a mall, and this guy asked me, and I ah! I was so mad, and I went and I fell on my knees at a mall. I'm so sorry. After all of these years, I didn't give to a man who asked me. Wow. I broke that. I broke that uh, uh, string, but. Is a pressure. I won't do that again. Yeah. And uh, to me, there's a pressure to. I want to be obedient. And I want to. And there's. I'm being pushed and firmly pushed. He's not weak about trying to save me. He's not weak about trying to to protect me from me, from my shiny bobble mind, from my ability to just be uh, my attention diverted by yeah. something special like fame. Oh my gosh, fame or or riches. I mean, if I'm going to have fame or riches, I want to have fame or riches that I can handle. Yeah. And I want to stay the course, not pursuing it, but let it come to me. And if it ever did, which I don't, I do not want it because I'm not sure I can handle it, but I want to be able to handle it, whatever does come. And so then I take my people and say, let's be ready for the coming of the Lord. If his holiness were to come here, none of us could stand. We'd all fall down. We'd all feel like we were in danger. If his, but when there's a revelation of his love in that holiness, oh, it's it's like there is nothing like it. You feel like they've uh, you've untied the knot of your life. All stress goes away. You've been undone, and it's amazing. I've had it happen once in Pasadena years ago. It is amazing to be undone by the Lord's presence of holiness and joy, and love. And so, what's going to cause me to be deceived is the the deceiver comes. And he offers me a shiny bauble. And let me just tell you, he offers me shiny baubles all the time. I mean, shiny baubles. And the pursuit of this and the pursuit of that. And maybe you'll get this and maybe you'll get that. And I just want you, Lord. I'm praying hourly now. I, I would just want more of you, Lord. I, I just want more of you. Heal my wrong thinking. Teach me your ways. Protect me from these shiny these shiny things taking my attention and let me keep my eyes on the prize. Yeah. So I hope I answered your question.
0: Yeah, I think you did. I want to end with this. You, you said something, uh, that stood out to me. You said, um, if you, if you think you're, you think you're not under authority, you're wrong. You're just, you're, you're under authority, whether you're under, you're either under Jesus or you're under the world system, right? And the
1: world system or your own authority. Many people create their own, system you meet them all the time these grizzled guys who've been hurt so bad that are out there and i mean they just you just you get nowhere with them they need no one i mean i i mean i probably know so many it's too hard to count but you meet them all the time they're at the grocery stores they are so the almost the entire homeless population is under their own authority because they cannot stand yeah to come under anyone else's and how they got under their own authority is they believed the lie that Jesus didn't believe that I will give you all these things. If you just bow down to me and they bowed down to the ways of the, of the enemy and they, they possessed the authority that he gave them and it's their own authority. It's their own kingdom. They all live in this single kingdom unaffected. Not, not all. I mean, a lot of them, you see them all over the homeless people they look so broken but at some point they were they rejected authority and went off into something else and yeah. usually it's cuz somebody sold them on this is so bad don't go there you say people are cringing at what i'm saying and i know they are i know they are and i don't i feel bad i we all have to have an authority structure in our life. And we are abdicating them constantly. The school system is decimated by the fact that the teachers have no authority. The the school has no authority. You can't do sports programs in this district here because they've destroyed the whole authority structure. A coach can't even make you run if you if you show up late for practice. Yeah. I mean you can't do anything. And so they've offered them this peace on earth, you know, uh, what is it? World peace idea that if nobody ever says a negative thing, you'll have world peace. When the truth is you'll have world decimation. Mm-hmm. You'll head towards, uh, all the different things that, you know, are so bad in this world, like euthanasia euphana- and yep. abortion and all the ways of destroying each other. You know, people who believe in life, believing in capital punishment, that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. And, um, I just think, I think that it's one of the more important subjects we have on the earth. That uh, it was intended by God that we be in the sheep pen, that we have shepherds, that those shepherds are called by God, that they don't all choose that. I mean, right now there's the the media is so up against clergy who abuse children. Well, we didn't all abuse children. Mm -hmm. Most of us only did good for children. Loved them with all our hearts, taught them discipline and directed them in a way that was good for them, taught them how to study, taught them how to do homework, taught them how to obey rules, follow, follow the group. And we didn't all abuse them. But what we've fallen into in this world is that the guy who did it wrong gets to rule yeah, because they did it wrong. All of us have to give up authority. We can't have leaders. We can't have discipleship because somebody did it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But what about the ones that did it right? Like all the dads who raise their children up in discipline, in in good behavior, in respect, respecting others, and even loving others, what about those guys? Why can't they come to the table and tell us how to do it?
0: Well, a good good place to start will be coming up here, March twenty fourth through twenty sixth at the Father's House, our Jesus Man Conference. We've talked about Nick and Nolan; they're going to be speakers. Uh, by this point, you've heard from, from Ryan and Derek as well. They've been on the podcast talking about uh, the conference and you're going to be speaking there as well with Jordy, who uh, our podcast guests know too. So um, yeah, that's a great great spot if you are if you've recognized your, the, the lack of following in your own life or if you if you want to get tools to both be in authority yourself but um, or be under authority yourself and also be in authority. Um, for the people you're leading, it's a great spot for that. Uh, I'll put all that information in the in the uh, show notes, and there's also a way if you if you mention I don't know if you know this, Steve, but if you mention podcast on on the uh, booking page for the. For the what do Jesus, you get, man, you get ten dollars off your registration. Whoa, ten dollars! So I think that's right. I, I'll put the real, but I'm pretty sure that's right. All right, I'll put it in the. Um, I'll tell them to listen to the show, so that way you have to make it to this point to listen, <laughs> right? So yeah, thank you, Steve, for joining us. It's well, uh, it's pleasure. been a pleasure, and uh, we'll keep you updated. Talk to you soon. All right. So that's a wrap for the Uncommon Truth for this week. But if you are interested in the Jesus Man Conference, once again, the dates there are March 24th through 26th here in Orville at the Father's House Church. And you can go to JesusManConference.com and get more information on that. If you're a fan of the podcast and you haven't done so already, I would love to remind you to go ahead and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, especially or whatever you use to listen to the show. And that just boosts us up the ranking so that other people, new people, can find The Uncommon Truth and listen to our conversations about the church the way Jesus meant it to be. You can also check out the show notes in the bottom of the episode just underneath. Scroll down and you can find ways that you can get in contact with the show. Give us uh, some feedback on what you thought about some episodes or let us know what you'd like to hear discussed on The Uncommon Truth. I'd love to hear it from you that way. You can also get in touch with our social media, jump on our Facebook page, or see some of the uh, sermons coming out of the church as well as uh, pick up one of Steve's books on Amazon. All those links are in the show notes. So that's going to do it for us for The Uncommon Truth. Thanks for making us a part of your podcasting life, and we will see you again next time.